All right. Welcome back to another great show of The Big Ticket Life. We do this video podcast live streamed every week, Tuesdays at noon. And so if you like to take it in live, be sure to subscribe, follow, click the button on whatever channel that you enjoy the show best, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And if you're an audio person, like to take this in on audio, that's okay. You miss out seeing all this handsomeness here and our wonderful guests, but that's all right. Audio is good too. We're on all the major platforms. Be sure to subscribe and uh, follow the show there as well. And if you could leave a review, if you love what we're doing here, I would welcome a review. So without too much, without all, well, with all the business out of the way, Megan Lanahan, welcome to The Big Ticket Life today. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So we got to meet uh, back in uh, December uh, at um, uh, Miranda Jiggins' Total Boss event, where I got the pleasure to speak. And, you know, we I felt the connection to you and we got connected after the event and uh, and then on social media. And I put out the invite to uh, have people be on the show and you raised your hand and here we are. And uh, happy to have you here. You know, you've got an interesting story. You presently work in the legal field of corporate law. You're a research consultant and trainer. And we're not necessarily here to talk about legal stuff because I'll just preface it first. We're not going to dispense any legal advice here. And if you find yourself in legal trouble, you should con- consult and contact the lawyer in your jurisdiction. Did I cover the bases there, Megan? Yes. <laughs> okay, very good. So I said them for me. And you can say what you want to say, but if we get any into anything law, well, none of it's about law, it's about life experience. And you should always consult a professional for your specific situation. But speaking of situations, you know, Megan shared at that same event something that really uh, kind of perked my ears up and thought, you know, this would be good to bring Megan on the show. And it was about a business that she had, was part of, and then, you know, had to leave. And I think so much we get wrapped up in these definitions and our business and our life defines us and things happen. And we sometimes just have to move on. We have to leave it. We have to divorce it. We have to turn it off. But it doesn't mean we got to like let that be the end of us. There's always something on the other side. So Megan, with that set up, I'll kind of have you just talk about what brought us here, that story, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um So yeah, as I mentioned at the conference, I was part of a business for 14 years that is in the multi-level marketing industry. And for a while, it was going great. And then um, there were some things that I discovered as um, I didn't know it was coming to an end, but that were basically ushering me into what was next. So obviously anything that's, you know, anytime anything's ending, it can be a little bit painful. And you can just kind of question yourself, which, you know, is kind of another story, but you can, um, get to a point where you're just like, okay, what's next? And so, um, I'm really grateful for, you know, that whole story and what it's led me to. And, um, you know, I, I was talking about this story and in a very raw form. Um, and, um, you know, I had Jeff, you had said some things beforehand that, that really stuck out to me, such as like healing from your traumas and different things. And um, I was like, this is just, I was healing as I was listening to you speak about that. And so the whole experience really was helping me. But um, I mean, there's, I think I got away from your question. <laughs> I apologize. But um, 
but yeah, the whole experience was um, helping me to be able to heal from it because I, little did I know I was carrying some trauma from that whole experience. And um, I had gotten started in that business when I was 20. I was like literally on the precipice of turning 21 thinking, okay, I, I, I know everything and I have some things that I want to share with the world and I want to show you know everybody that I'm here. And so um, the whole experience though, through that 14 years really helped me to be able to grow and understand what standards I want to have for myself. And then, you know, here as we are in, you know, as I am outside of that business, knowing that I have some standards, I feel like I've hit the ground running and, you know, I'm, it's only going faster. Yeah, very good. So a couple of questions and we're not going to say the names of the business and the names right. of the people involved. We're just not going to go down that road. You don't have to, um, you know, doesn't really much matter. What matters is Megan's story and the journey that we're going to share with you today. Um, and so you started at 20, almost 21. Uh, you said 14 years. So that means you're 29. Um, that's the way my wife likes to express her age. <laughs> all I women. agree. <laughs> yeah. So, but you had a long time there. Was that, did you arrive? To where that was your only, like that was the source of income. That's how you supported yourself, lived your life just from that income. No. Okay. So this was something on the side that right. you ran. Okay. And you always had your right. legal career along the way. I had, um, I actually made a career change at first. I was in journalism, but okay. then I got into the legal field. But yeah. What made you start in journalism? I always, I've always loved writing. So it's still my passion to this day. Um, but I actually was uh, contacted by a recruiter um, who was working with a local media company. And so I started working for the number one station in this area. And so I was um, not necessarily writing stories, but I was working on the breaking news desk. And because uh, I'm always really good with anything that requires, um, you know, just a lot of speed really quick. And then, then you can go and think about it kind of like an adrenaline rush. And so I was working on the breaking news desk and getting news out to the, you know, the audience really quickly and then um, editing stories as I saw that there were issues, but um, kind of a jack of all trades within that uh, particular realm. Got it. Got it. And so you like telling stories and now you help attorneys in the corporate law space as a research consultant and trainer. So what was that? What was that shift like? Cause we'll get back to the. We'll get to back to the the story and the journey of your side business in the MLM space, but what made you shift gears into, into law? So I had actually, I'm a paralegal by trade. I'm not an attorney, so um, hopefully nobody tries to, um, you know, contact me about that. But um, so I had actually not yet finished college when I got into journalism, and I was. I was at the point, I think I was like 26 or so. I was like, okay, I need to finish college. I just want to get something done here. So I was weighing my options and paralegal seemed to be the best fit. Little did I know I'd love it, love it. <laughs> and um, so I, I finished my paralegal degree. And during that time, a, an opening at an office in my area became available and I took that and that really introduced me into the world of actually being a paralegal. And um, so it was just kind of like me deciding I need to finish college. And then this seems like the best fit. And then boom, there you go. 
So I think it was more of a divine thing too, because I have a lot of interests and part of the struggle for me um, is actually narrowing things down to, you know, having a focused um, interest, if that makes sense. Yep, it does. 100%. You know, you touched on a couple things there, Sharon, your shift into the legal career. Um, so we'll get back to the why you thought it was divine. And we'll talk about faith and belief in a minute, because really, there's a backstory to that of me even being at the event uh, where we met each other uh, through that theme. But, uh, you know, listeners of the show know that I'm very passionate about uh, making sure that high school students kind of have a clear focus and a clear direction of what happens after high school. For some, college is fantastic. For others, it's um, it means getting into skills, careers, trade schools. Others, it means just entering the workforce. Maybe it's military service. You know, so you were, it sounds like you were, you were kind of flailing and, and trying to find your way in college. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you feel, what do you feel was missed in, in giving you the tools to figure that out in, in those high school years? Uh, really the thing that would be missing was just me not focusing. So, um, I remember in high school, I had actually wanted to be a music engineer. And so when I first went to college, I told the guidance counselor that, and then they put me in an electronic engineering major. I didn't really like it, although I learned to solder and that's useful, but um, it was, it was, I didn't like electronic engineering the way that I wanted to. And I've always been led by the heart. That's the kind of leader that I am. Um, Even if it's just leading myself, I lead by the heart. And so I was like, this isn't really quite the right thing. Yeah. Can I just, can I just pause you here? So what was the, what was the connection between music and uh, you said electrical engineering? Right. They said that that was the most, um, that was like the closest thing that they had to music engineering at at the school that I wanted to go to. And the school I wanted to go to was a local school that uh, was good for commuters. Okay. Yep. Excellent school, but they didn't have the, what I wanted. And so Hmm. I was still, I used to doubt myself pretty badly. And so I used to just go around thinking that, okay, if it's not right here, I maybe I'm not meant to find it yet kind of thing. Um, I didn't know how to go and demand what I want from life. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely learned that. But at the same time, I understand that there's a, a little bit of a balance there. So you can demand all you want, but if it's not yet for you, it's not going to be there. So there's, a, a, in my opinion, a balance between I'm going to go demand something and accessibility. Although it's, it's, it doesn't have to be completely accessible. I, I believe you have to work f- to find those things. But I wasn't able to actually find that yet. And it wasn't even remotely accessible to me yet. So in my opinion, I, I could be just kind of, um, you know, hearts and flowers here. But in my opinion, maybe it was just wasn't meant to be found by me yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've, you've found some of that music and that musical dream along the way you have, uh, on your Instagram page, you have, what is it? Uh, Wednesday, I, I'm going to butcher it. What day is it with lyrics? Song lyric Saturday. Song lyric Saturday. There mm-hmm. it is. So still something in the heart that you have there that you still practice and use. 
Um, You talked about demanding something out of life. I think when people hear that, they're like, wow, that's pretty hardcore. That's pretty tough. (laughs) Demand. But I'm really proud and I'm excited for people when they say that, that that's what they want in their life. And so I'll give a couple examples of how I look at it. And then I want you to share the things that you demand for your life. So for me, it's about, you know, people should demand that they get respect. Yeah. Right. They have to give it. That's, I say that demand, that respect comes back, but you give it, you be a respectful person. You should be in places where you're celebrated and just not tolerated. You know, and I really look at those like that, that line, that demand and belief is that it it frames where I do business, who I do business with, who I give my money to, you know, in the various coaching groups and masterminds and mentorship programs that I attach to. Like, are they really celebrating my journey, the evolutions of the journey that I'm on? Or is it just, hey, Jeff's credit card clears and He's cool to be a member. We're going to pat him <laughs> on the back, but it, the buck stops there, right? Like, so right. I think we should all demand that we are celebrated and not just tolerated. Um, I think those are two big things. The, the respect thing and that being celebrated thing are things that all of us could demand is for ourselves. And likewise, you got to celebrate people, you know, uh, you have to respect people. So I think those two run hand in hand for you. What? What were the things that you wanted out of your life that you were just non-negotiable on? I hadn't yet made the decision about wanting respected, wanting to be respected. But the non-negotiable was that I would be able to follow my heart and follow my dreams. That's always been a non-negotiable for me. Um, Also to make a difference. And um, I love to be able to inspire other people. And I've always loved that. I've always loved to be able to help people and make their day better. Um, But that was really the biggest thing for me, being able to follow my dreams and making a difference for other people. And then the rest was up to, you know, be determined, really. Yeah. Yep. So is that is that kind of where you enjoy the paralegal and law profession because you're you're in that assistant role of helping you know aggregating finding you know answers to problems that come up yeah exactly and i i work with a bunch of companies and so i'll have you know any number of people in a day asking me for help with whatever help to find this or that and you know i've been able to work on those skills to be able to actually do research effectively and efficiently and, um, you know, been a real good help to people. And, um, you know, it's, it's really fulfilling. And because where I came from, I was basically, it was a thing of your career is not going to be satisfying. You don't do that, blah, blah, blah. So it's really nice to be able to have something that I know I'm helping people and I really enjoy and I work with wonderful people. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, you said, you said about where I come from, careers aren't meant to be enjoyed. Not exactly that way, but right. you could agree with that, that that was your environment of upbringing? Not, not in my childhood, but in the former business. Yeah. Business okay. I was. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Still, still, I think an accurate statement for any point in life. And so, yeah, I think that's where, and maybe we'll talk about this for a little bit. I see, so some, as someone who follows their heart and their dreams, you know, it used to be you could get a job 
which is what a lot of folks did, like our grandparents, as an example. Some parents, but more our grandparents and back. You know, you got a job and the structures and the setup of everything was that, you know, you didn't necessarily love that job, but it provided for your family. You had those couple vacations a year. But after about 20, 30 years, you were done. And then you could enjoy life. Right. And now we all know life's a little different. And we see, I think we see these factions, which I guess kind of goes to the respect conversation and the be celebrated, not tolerated conversation. We have these factions of, well, you have to be in a career and you have to build that career over decades and decades. And then you've got other folks that are like, no, I'm going to try this for a few years. I'm going to try that for a few years, even if it's moving from company to company, uh, city to city, town to town. Um, and in a way, it's, it is that person chasing their dreams, following their heart, doing what they want to do. Um, so that environmental thing was given to you from the MLM side of things. That's interesting. So it was this message of sitting in a cubicle sucks. Come do our thing. Yeah. That was the opportunity and the promise. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, little did I know it was actually set up to actually take you from what you were supposed to do, isolate you from all of your possibilities so that then you would just rely on that. And I have some very strong opinions about that, but um, it's, it's meant to take you away from everything that you're supposed to do because even if you have passion projects, like, like you can imagine, I do, and I can't not do them. Um, anytime I would talk about them, I would get ridiculed. Like, oh, you can do that mm. when you're quote unquote free. Basically meaning you, you've gotten rid of your job and you're just relying on that MLM's, you know, paycheck. And I was, I would just get this like feeling inside, like I cannot keep waiting like this. So it kept bubbling up. I was, I was boiling over and, um, it, it's, we're not meant to suppress our passions. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and I'll share, you know, your experience was your experience and I'm not going to, I'm not in any way trying to tread on it with what I'll share next. But I think what ends up happening. I mean, I see this in the online guru space. I see this in the digital marketing space. I see it in the advertising space, the network marketing space. It's like we, we sell you on this little piece of the puzzle, the big dream, the big promise of freedom, the big promise of money. But we'd ever talk about the hard, hard work it's going to take. You know, unplugging somebody from the grocery store to get soap and shampoo and, you know, snacks and, and clothing and all the things that you can get elsewhere and go buy it from this one company. Or, you know, I mean, there's been network marketing companies around electricity. Um, <laughs> we actually had, we actually had somebody call on the store and the, and I felt bad because I, I didn't respond in the right way to the statement that was shared with me, but it was, well, our company owns the power plants. Hmm. It's like, well, what's the name of your company? Because if you own the power plants, I should recognize it. Pico, right? As, <laughs> as the prominent one around us. And it, then it was, then it was like, oh, the, the, the robot mind like malfunctioned, malfunction. I don't have that answer. It wasn't in my book. Right. Right. 
And and I just responded like, you know, hey, I'm sorry that you've been lied to, but we're just not, I'm not going to switch electric providers. And it was obvious this was a network marketing thing. That said, I know there, I know of people, I've met them personally that have done very well. And they're the very first ones to tell you, if you want to be like me, here's what my life's look like. Yes, I did put on hold doing this thing, chasing this dream for the moment. But it was because I was excited about this work. It just seems like you maybe weren't all that excited about that work, but more about the promise. Is that fair? Somewhat. I have no problem doing the work and I'm very dedicated and I'm, I'm not in the... I'm more mature now. I don't have to be entertained. So I can, you know, just do the work and get it done, which is a really great feeling. But um, somewhere along the line, I think if I'm confused about what good it's actually doing, and like in this particular instance, doing the work and not getting the results, like what's wrong? What's the problem? Nothing was sticking. And um, so I think then when I start to see cracks in the ice like that, that's when my brain says, uh, this isn't, this isn't working. Like I, I can't keep doing this. Um, yeah. So, you know, in talking about, you know, putting passions, like putting things on hold, I absolutely did that. And, you know, no problem. I've put things on hold in order to get projects done even outside of that. But there comes a point, you know, when that confusion sets in and, you know, you're not getting the results that you were told you would get. And you're like, okay, I've got this passion brewing over here. I can't keep holding that mm-hmm. back. Um, there's there's a, a point where it just all crashes. Yeah. That's really what yeah. I was facing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure along the way it was. Did you have any of the um, well, if you invest in this conference or in this course to help with that obstacle you'll get past it there was a lot of that yeah so there was a lot of talk of oh well this will put you far ahead just come to this conference and or just buy this book listen to this audio and you'll actually you'll you'll get the answers you need um not much was ever really helpful it was just repetitive yeah which the the secret of network marketing the inside ball of network marketing and multi-level marketing is that that is the business. Mm-hmm. The core business is selling books and tapes and programs and conferences and mentorship. Right. Um, and again, that, all of that stuff is good. I've got a whole library of it downstairs of books and courses and I've got receipts of mentorship and all that other good stuff. It's all, it all only matters and it's all only worthy of an investment if it's supporting where you want to go in life and the things you're passionate about and what you dream about and where you feel you can deliver uh, impact. And so on that note, I think we'll turn the page to this topic of the divine. So mm-hmm. you're, you kind of got a message. I think I heard you say this about to be at the event in Cincinnati where we met. You know, for me, I did too. I, I really kind of reflected on it, meditated on it, prayed on it about, should I be making this trip? Which, you know, should I go? Um, you know, it wasn't the biggest event. I've been to smaller events, you know, um, but I met, you know, it was, it was great because I met great people, you included. 
and it furthered my mission. The other thing it did kind of u- uniquely is now my wife and I got to spend four amazing days together where we, we both said to one another, we kind of had fun again and it's carried forward. So it was neat. It was neat. It was kind of yeah. like, all right, I'm, I hear you, big guy. <laughs> it wasn't just about the event. It was about right. the marriage. It was about getting away. It was about laughter, love, yeah. all that good stuff. So for you, what, what, what messages did you hear and receive that weekend that brought us all together? It was uh, very affirming um, because I made some big choices this year, you know, one of which was to leave the business I was in. And it, it was just very affirming because I thought for a minute, just a, a quick minute, like, what am I going to do after this? Um, when you're in something for 14 years and then you make a change, it's, it's scary. It's like a breakup of sorts. And so... I was, you know, just being there, I was like, okay, this is really cool. I could feel the energy in the room. And I knew I was around people who were stretching me. And as I, you know, was talking to people and just kind of uh, listening also to them on, on stage, I was just, I felt myself being built back up. And all of the things that had been, you know, torn down that I've just kind of put up scaffolding, so so to speak, in my own mind. It was as if, you know, everybody together was putting those bricks back up and building me back up. And so there wasn't particularly one overarching message, but it was more of being around people who are going somewhere and who I know, like, okay, they're they're applying what they know into something that is their own that is not controlled by some other company that just it, it made a huge difference for me yeah. yeah i love that you you used a phrase you felt you were being stretched you know uh pushed towards something greater i think mm-hmm. would be a fair way to paraphrase exactly exactly yeah and and so again not we're not going to necessarily go back to the mlm thing but mm-hmm. when you look at Conference on your own at Total Boss, mm-hmm. conference for MLM. They're both conferences. But the outcome was you felt you're in the right spot. I love that word, affirmation and affirming. Affirmed, mm-hmm. I love that word. I use it a lot, especially in like sales and sales trainings. Mm-hmm. But uh, the point being, you've always got to be in that right room. You've got to, you, and, and that discernment is, I think, the hardest thing in life, isn't it? Is this the right place? Yeah. That is a very hard thing. Because we make yeah. we make decisions and sometimes they're not right. But yeah. you know, sometimes we're given enough grace to just see it for ourselves. And other times we're ushered right out of there really quickly. Um, but yeah, we <laughs> we do make uh decisions and sometimes they're they're really great, like that conference was. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a a, re, a fellow retailer who um, has leaned on us as of late to fill in some merchandise because of his own uh, struggles. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we have to order merchandise in for this person and then they come pick it up. And, you know, these struggles have been present in their life and business for probably 20 years. And it reminds me of like, there's a joke about faith and belief. Uh, 
I think I got it well enough. I, I kind of butcher every joke again. If you're a listener for a long time, you know I do that. But there, there's, a, there's a joke that goes something like this. Guy's out in the middle of the ocean, his boat capsizes, and he prays to God, God, please save me, please save me. And then, um, you know, another smaller kayaker comes out. He's like, hey, you can, you, we'll, we'll have to figure it out, but you can jump on, hold on, we'll get back to shore. He's like, no, no, God's going to save me. You sure? Yeah, get out of here. God's going to save me. Okay. Then a big boat comes by. Same thing. They radio down. Hey, we're here to save you. No, I'm good. God's going to save me. And then finally a helicopter comes and they're like, hey, we'll throw it on the rope. Nope, not going to climb it. God's going to save me. Well, what happens? He drowns, gets to heaven. He's like, God, what the heck happened? He's like, I sent you a kayak, sent you a helicopter, sent you a boat. What'd you want me to do? We got to listen, right? We got to listen and discern. Are we in the right place? Are we being given the answer? And so back to this retailer friend of mine, after this last go around, I sent him a message. I said, hey, man, I've known you for 20 years. These struggles, I think you're, you're looking at them as this, through this lens of belief that you're meant to be tormented and, and have a lot of grief. I think you need to start looking at these struggles as you're being told to get out of this business and go do something else somewhere else for another purpose. Cause this has been 20 years, you know, like this, this person drove from one side of the state of PA to the other on an engine that had one spark plug completely bad. Couldn't fix it. Didn't have the money for it. You know, it's like, and this just <laughs> popped up, right? It's like, no, it didn't just pop up. It was, it was yet another sign, another uh, thing in the way to say, to hopefully get you to look and say, hey, I'm trying to tell you something here. I'm not giving you direction. I'm trying to actually tell you something. Do you have mm -hmm. anything to add like that? Any moments for you where you've kind of felt those nudges and you've either listened or you didn't, and then you listened later and you're like, oh, I should have really acknowledged that the first time. That really encompasses the last like six years. <laughs> okay. Um, because I'm very stubborn. One thing that I love to talk about when whenever I get into really good discussions with people like this is the importance of actually knowing yourself and knowing your personality type, um, you know, whether you do that through like, you know, a Myers-Briggs test or whatever. But it's important to know your personality type to know how you actually um, metabolize things that happen to you. So I'm extremely stubborn. I knew that. My mom could tell you that. My friends can tell you that. But I found that out for real through a personality test. And I was like, well, this makes a lot of sense. And so I, I'm not one to just give up on something. I'm like, oh, this didn't work. Let's try this way. Let's, let's keep trying all the ways. Let's exhaust all our options, which is obviously a good thing to have as an entrepreneur. But there were a lot of times where it felt like nothing was actually working right. And I was, like I mentioned before, doing all the work and I was doing everything that I should have done and nothing was happening. So. It was, you know, the frustration just amounted. My self-image went down as a result. But, you know, I, I finally did listen this year. And it took someone else showing me some really crazy evidence about, you know, what I was, the company that I was working with, uh, for me to actually be like, oh, 
it, it all makes sense now. Like that, that was what I needed. So I believe that we're given grace and, yeah. you know, we're, we're met where we're at. It, just something for my personal faith. I believe in God and I, I believe God meets you where you're at. So if you've just been not listening for six years, he's still like, Hey, come on. And mm-hmm. that's what it was for me. It was, it was a very gentle kick in the, um, Stomach. It was just, it was a very, uh, very gentle, but still like, okay, now I hear you. And it ended up being the best thing that I could have done. So, um, it's, it's kind of all in the same six year time period where I didn't listen and then I finally did. And, um, yeah. So it, but it happens and we, we have to give ourselves grace. Uh, we are given grace. Um, you know, if, people believe in God or something else, we're still given grace and it's okay. I wanted to focus in on that point. Like if you've made bad decisions in business, you know, put your, your business in a bad spot, your family in a bad spot. Um, you don't have to go necessarily looking for grace. You can just say to yourself, Hey, I led this thing down the wrong path. And because I'm saying that, because I'm going to take ownership of what happens from this moment forward, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And when you really look at it, you know, look, if your business has to close its doors, that I I get that. That's, that's awful. I've seen it happen. Uh, I've been blessed, um, through my skills that I haven't had to go through that. Um, I've closed things down by choice, but not out of necessity, but I know it's painful. And because I've seen it, I've had friends, I've had peers, um, I've been, I've, I've been witness to it, but it doesn't have to define your every being, you know, and if your people that you employ or lead have to go find employment elsewhere, yep, that's rough, but maybe there's something else greater for them, you know, kind of like your story. Uh, and, and when you get down to it, there's not a lot a family or a person truly, really needs to exist, you know? And um, and when we really look at our society, all the things we're told we need or should want, they're really not needed. What we need is just make sure we love love ourselves and love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for bringing us to this point. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to add too, Jeff, I don't know one entrepreneur who hasn't gone full speed down the wrong path. So I... Wait, we do that? (laughs) No, we're always right. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's I I believe it's part of growing as a person and as an entrepreneur to actually, you know, go 90 miles an hour down the wrong road and then to discover that, you know, you ended up in the wrong state or wherever. I have a friend who mm-hmm. actually did that. So it's kind of funny. But it's just, it's part of it. And the more that we grow, as long as we actually take those lessons with us and have a little bit, as you mentioned, more discernment and use wisdom, it's it's just part of the journey. But I I love the fact that not everybody is willing to be an entrepreneur because it's scary. You put yourself out there and then you fall on your face sometimes. And yeah. Just like I, I did, you know, I, I put a coloring book out in October and 
I love it. It, The concept is amazing, but I discovered some quality issues after the fact, after it was already published, just because of timing. And I was like, whoa, no, people saw this. And I was like, I was kind of embarrassed. And, you know, I'm just like, I, if I will laugh at myself in public, then it takes away the fun for other people. So I'm just going to say, hey, I messed up and it's okay. I messed up and I'm going to keep going because most people will not keep going. They'll just, if they even get to the point where they choose to be an entrepreneur, they'll quit. But well, I was, I was going to say in your friend circle, family circle, community, how many people actually have published a book? Forget the topic, just how many people have done it in the first place. Right. And then had, then had the, I don't know the word I'm looking for, the integrity. There it is. To say, you know what? This isn't up to my standard. I see that. So we're going to, we're going to pivot and we're going to make it to my standard. Um, I've seen, boy, this is, this is, this is the problem in our society because I know Chris, my wonderful producer here at Cast Ahead, who, by the way, you're enjoying the show. It looks great. It sounds great. He does great work. So anything podcasting, check him out. But I know this This is for him with the level of service and care that he provides. It really stinks that he has to set aside and his, his folks like me, we're all podcasters, but yet people can just jump on their phone in their car, record something and call it a podcast. Now, I applaud that initiative, but there is podcasting, then there's what we're doing right here. You know, to where we care. And it comes from caring because you listening to this, you watching this, I want you to hear these stories. I want you to see the people. I want you to see their smiling face. If we don't take the steps we take, you don't get a great experience. That's where it comes from. And I think if we really boil it down, that's where for your coloring book, which is, I want you to talk a little more about it because it is really a unique concept. That care, it's like my quality is not there and I care about the person getting this and I want them to love it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so much of our, yeah, so much of our society, just to fin- I'm sorry, I'll let you add on. Mm-hmm. You just get to go that 90 miles an hour. Hey, I got a phone. I can be an influencer. No, yeah, I guess. But there's the whole business side that exists. You know, you can be an author and put a book up on Amazon, but if you're not looking at the quality of it, you might you might just never get anywhere and you wonder why. So yeah, tell us about why this coloring book, because it is very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So it's um it will be re-released at some point. It's called Modern and Mid-Century Modern Dream Homes Coloring Book. Now I've always loved, you know, luxury real estate. Not enough to pursue that as a career, but more of like, oh wow, I can't wait to have a house like that. Since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to have a really nice house, really big house. And fill it with family. And, it, you know, I mean, when I was within multi level marketing, that dream was absolutely fed. It was, you know, big, have the big house, have the nice car. Um, my dream is obviously bigger than just that. It's, it's not about material things, but I, I, the, the house itself, whatever house, you know, on any of the 50 pages of coloring pages, it's a representation of dreams do come true. Don't give up. And it's more of me saying to my, you know, maybe like eight year old self, 
girl, go get it because it's out there and it's for you. If it's in your heart, it's for you. And something that's in your heart doesn't just leave. It's not like, oh, I thought about that once. It's more of like, this is deep in here and I it won't leave. And so that's how you know it's in your heart. And as I was um, within the multi-level marketing industry, a lot, in my opinion, it's a dream graveyard because you're just told to focus on this one thing. And then when you, most people do not make money in it and most mm-hmm. people don't get to their dreams. And so as that, those dreams don't happen, they can start to wither away. And I felt that happening with me and that hurt so badly. It really hurt. It tore away at my self-esteem. It just absolutely was painful. But after I left, I was like, I need to do something. I need to prove to myself that my dreams are still there. And so this idea for a coloring book just popped into my head. So I made it happen. Uh, Now, first, you know, go around wasn't what it's supposed to be yet or what rather it wasn't where it's going to be. Uh, but I had to I had to try, I had to prove to myself, mm-hmm. A, that I can finish something because I had become used to no results as a result of what I was doing mm-hmm. before. And then also B, that I still have a dream and I am worthy of it because it's mine and it was given to me. And, you know, it's it's absolutely mine. If I don't do it, somebody else will and nobody can do it like me. So I have to do it. There's yeah, a whole lot love it. behind that. <laughs> I love that. I love that you share all of that. And and so the dream doesn't stop. You've got something else coming out in that you'll have in uh, in 24. Yeah. Uh, you care to share a little bit about that as we wrap up? Yeah, absolutely. So right now it's slated to be released January 9th on Amazon, but it's going to be a gratitude journal and coloring book combined. So each, uh, there are 60 days at, at currently unless um, any of the details change between now and then, which I don't think so. But um, there's 60 days worth of gratitude pages. So you write what you're grateful for and then what you're proud of from that day. And then you also have as the background of that, a coloring page. So not only is it you know relaxing and fun, but you also have the opportunity to put down whatever you're grateful for. Now it's, you know, there have been a lot of writings on it, but gratitude is honestly the first step to happiness. And as I left the industry that I was in, I had to, instead of focusing on what went wrong, because a lot went wrong and what I didn't like and why am I not there yet? I'm 35. Why, why don't I have this yet? I had to just take with me the lessons and be grateful for what I did learn and for the experience that I have because it forced me to be wise and to have discernment. So now I'm like, okay, if I can encourage other people to just have a space where they are putting down what they're grateful for, like I'm proud of myself for doing this today, or I'm proud of this happening. And then also mix that with the psychology of coloring, which is just so relaxing. So that's what the book is about. And um, currently the the release date is January 9th for that. Fantastic. Well, Wish you nothing but success on that release date. Uh, certainly keep me posted. I'll be happy to share it out in my network. Thank you. Um, and pass it along. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. I've got my own uh, journal out there uh, focusing. There's definitely a daily focus on gratitude as part of that. So um, big believer in that practice for sure. For sure. Megan, I've really enjoyed our time together today. Thank you for uh, trusting 
in that uh, affirmation that you got that you would be in the right place in Cincinnati when we met, because here we are now, and I can't see, wait to see where you go next. So thank you, thank you for being a part of the show today. Honored to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, uh, if you want to connect with Megan, we've got her Facebook in the show notes. Go there, uh, connect with her, please. Watch her journey and know that you've got that opportunity to always uh, move forward and left, le- let the past be behind you. Give yourself grace to do that. We'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.